we started a, a brand new sermon series that we're calling From Crisis to Christ. This is a, uh, a four-week sermon series. We kind of go between um, going through books of the Bible uh, and then topical type things. This is a topical sermon series. And it's looking at the, the last two, two and a half years especially, um, and, and things that we have been through or that have been caused by these last two and a half years. And we started looking at this idea of anxiety and high emotions that we've seen rise in our culture. I was looking back through some of my sermons and info about the church the, the week of March 11th, 2020, you know, our, our lives changed, right? We, you know, almost overnight or the change of that week, um, things happen, right? There's was, there was always going to be a before COVID and an after COVID. There was new language that we had to learn. There was, you know, social distancing and flattening the curve and masking and, and vaccinations and boosters and all these things. I'm, I'm really convinced that all this has, has either had an effect on us, it's changed some things in our culture, or, or magnified some things in our culture that was already there. Some really difficult things that maybe you've gone through, maybe loss of a, a loved one, or you were sick yourself, or you've seen this rise of emotions and anxiety, or even just this idea of being distant from each other. We're going to talk about uh, isolation and even disunity, um, but today we're going to talk about our kids in honor of Mother's Day. Uh, and my goal is always with this sermon series to point us to Christ. We're going to uh, look at the, the negative to begin and kind of see where we're at and to see how Jesus Christ gives us hope and help and freedom from these things. Now, there's things like medicine and doctors and counseling that can help, but without Christ in our life, um, I'm not sure how much they can really help us. So this morning, we're going to talk about from cultured kids to proactive parents. And uh, I'm going to invite up Kristen Kapazinski. We're going to have a different person read our scripture passage for us each Sunday. So I asked Kristen if she would come on up. Um, her daughter was Lena that was up here earlier, and Kristen's a mom. And so, right, she's going to speak actually for us here, um, uh, but she's going to read from Deuteronomy 6. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm going to read Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be a the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. I'm also going to read from chapter, three, chapter 6, 20 through 25. When your son asks you in time come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes of the rules of the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we are Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against 
against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us in and gave us the land that he has swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, and that he might preserve us alive as we are today. And it will be righteousness for us if we are to be careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he commanded us. Great. Thank you, Kristen. So I said this morning we're going to start negative. First, I want us to consider this, that our kids are being converted by our culture. The last uh, two and a half years have uh, had some negative consequences, uh, effects on our kids. Now, I'm very aware that today is Mother's Day, and I'm, I'm not meaning to cause, like, mom guilt by this whole first section and to make you feel bad for the last two years or more years of all the things that have happened to our kids. So let's just all admit that it's all the dad's fault, okay? We'll just, we'll just say it there. But I was taking some time this last uh, week to talk with um, even some of my staff and um, my wife about the last couple years with our kids. Um, and if I even introduced my, my daughter, Phoebe was first up here who spoke. We have three kids who are 10, 8, and 5. And thinking back over the last two, three years with uh, staff, my wife, about our kids, it's, it's almost a blur what, is, what has happened so much. Um, I, I pulled up a few pictures that I wanted to show you uh, about the last couple of years. Um, different things that have happened, right, about um, getting tested or masking or this new um, interaction of kids in um, adults with, with biohazard suits on. Uh, I don't know if you can really read the bottom right one, but the very beginning of the pandemic, we went out and did some chalk drawing and we encouraged our kids to put some encouraging messages down. Um, and so my daughter who was up here, she wrote, stay away from people. That's what she was being taught uh, to, you know, very encouraging. <laughs> um, I remember, you know, at the very beginning, uh, the kids are all playing in the backyard, and they're playing like Corona tag. Like, oh, you get tagged, you're it, you, you have the virus now. I mean, this is the way that our kids were kind of processing some of this stuff early on. I mean, even just think back with me the last two and a half years, the things that our kids have gone through from March 2020, school being shut down all of a sudden, Right? Um, after spring break, things went virtual, and from there, the end of that school year was just kind of a blur. There was no prom, graduation was kind of there, kind of not, or canceled. You know, even as a church, we, we stopped doing kids' ministry for a long time. It was months and months before we actually had kids come back into service with us. Many of you had vacations canceled and things like that. And then as we went on to the new school year, that fall of 2020, there was a the whole thing about sports. Can kids play sports? Are there professional sports? Uh, schools were this mixture of, of virtual to in-person to mass to distance to hybrid. Um, from, from parents working at home with, with new coworkers, right? That was like my favorite trend on on, on YouTube and social media to see like 
parents doing the weather report or some sort of news program and a kid's come walking into their, their program and like, you know, just messing things up. And, and there were outbreaks. And then finally, in kind of January 2021, there were, you know, we started doing kids ministry at the church then. And then beginning to talk about adult vaccination and kid vaccination and boosters and all of these decisions and things that went on into 2021 and then on to that school year and this and I mean there's even just the, the plain fact of kids getting sick of, of kids losing loved ones um, you know we we lost my my grandpa and that strange thing of my kids losing somebody they couldn't really go see, but then doing a funeral much later for. I found some research talking about some of this stuff with our kids, too, about some of this data. This was kind of, you know, December of 2020. This came out. Um, a nation of children coping with trauma, illness, disruption uh, will need a lot. They even looked at kind of the emergency rooms. They've seen this 24% increase in mental health-related visits for kids. Food banks were slammed with hungry families. Schools were struggling to teach students remotely or in classrooms. Uh, even classrooms at that time were even strangely empty because of quarantines or sickness. Uh, then another study around kind of November, even later of 2021, and looking at kids and their, their mental health. After more than 18 months of school closures and social isolation, the nation's more than 50 million public school children are mostly back at their desks. But two months into the fall semester, teachers and students already are saying they need a break. The grief, anxiety, and depression of children have experienced during the pandemic is welling over into classrooms and hallways, resulting in crying, disruptive behavior in many younger kids, and increased violence and bullying among adolescents. For many other children who keep their sadness and fear inside, the pressure of schools have become too great. And there's more that's kind of being done and researched and what this last couple of years have done to our kids. And maybe, you know, years upon years before we know exactly how this has affected kids. And yeah, kids are resilient and they bounce back and all these things. But it, it's hard to deny that the last couple of years have not done anything to our kids. You know, I'm getting to that age now, too, where I can kind of look back of my own growing up and compare it to my kids and see how different it was. I'm still that generation where we didn't have cell phones or iPads or any of that kind of stuff. But I think about teens today and kids today with the combination of social media and Snapchat and then mental health and all those things on the rise with our kids and how all those things go together. There's a lot that has gone into social media research uh, teenagers' mental health issues and how those go together. Even, you know, as we celebrated this last week, uh, teachers and uh, celebrating them and thanking them, that teachers have been through a lot. So all of this thinking about, you know, change in our culture dramatically shifting, things happening overnight, uh, got me thinking about well, what does God have to say about this? What does the Bible have to say about a changing culture, um, 
you know, a negative culture in a lot of ways, um, looking at our, our kids' advice on what to do. And it brought me to the Old Testament, this journey from slavery to freedom that we find in the Exodus. So yeah, our first point is, is negative. But number two this morning is that God gave his people a plan to prepare their kids for a changing culture. In the Old Testament, there's this amazing thing that happens where God saves his people from slavery to freedom to a new promised land, and he includes in these passages talks to children. As Kristen read, there's some things directly to parents and parents with young kids, how to teach them about this. But if you're, you're new to the Bible or new to these passages we're going to be in, let me just kind of tell you where we're at. We're going to be in uh, the first six books of the Bible. And we start with God's people in slavery. They grew as a people and they were um, in a place where they needed to move to Egypt and then they became enslaved in Egypt. And then they cried out to God, and God freed them from this slavery. We, we call this the Exodus. And this becomes the amazing salvation story that points us to Jesus in the Old Testament. And so as they are being saved out of this place, and they're going to a new place to live, God says, I hear you, I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to protect you and take you from this old place to this new place. They spend 40 years in this desert place before they get to the promised land. So they go from slavery, a land of Egypt, of other gods, all kinds of things, to 40 years of traveling to then being in this promised land. Now, just think about that as a parent for a moment, okay? First off, you're, you're in slavery, so think about that as a parent. You're parenting your kids in a place where you're slaves and they are slaves. Um, and then you get to be freed from that, and you get to go and be with all of these people traveling for 40 years, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, long trips with children are not always fun. I mean, think of like car trips. I mean, that's only like five hours. Maybe like you do a whole day drive. But imagine 40 years in the desert with your children. And, and their only food was one food, right? Like in the video talked about like you know, moms never say like, oh, I just made this three-hour meal, I'll make you something new. Like, they only had one food to eat. And then they're there for 40 years. So the kids grew up with them, and then they never leave. They never get their own place to go to. They are always there with them. But at three significant times in this story, God stops with his people and says, when your child asks you about this, I want you to tell them this. So turn with me first to Exodus chapter 12. It'll be 
up on the screens here also, but at three specific times when they are led out of slavery, when they're about to enter into the promised land, when they just get into the promised land, God stops them and says, I want you to teach your kids this way. Exodus 12, as they are just freed out of slavery, and he gives them these traditions, these things to do, this thing called Passover, and to think about these these firstborn, um, he says this to them in Exodus 12, 26. And when your children say to you, "What, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, For he passed over the house of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our heads. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. And then go with me to Exodus 13, verse 14. This is again the same time period. Um, God is teaching them about uh, what it means to follow him. And then verse 14 says, And When in time to come, your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice the Lord All the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Okay, so notice that similarity there, that there's this same, when you do this and your your son, your child asks you, I want you to tell them these specific things. He talks about God, he talks about this, this salvation, how they were saved in this sort of way. And then in the passage that we read just earlier, that Kristen read for us, from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Turn there now with me also. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 4 starts off with this thing called the, the, the Shema. It's this Hebrew word for hear, the very first word that it says there, hear, O Israel. He's teaching them all about the Ten Commandments, the laws, the rules, all of these things to follow as they are about to go into the promised land. And he says, I want you to love God. I want you to teach your kids these things. But then in that second part of verse 20, again, it says, when your son asks you in time to come, what's what's the meaning of the testimonies and statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? And, And then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And he goes on and on and tells This is what you shall say to your kids. And then one more passage we're going to look at in the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is the beginning of the going into the promised land. They finally kind of cross the river. They're about to enter. They spent 40 years so far kind of getting ready to go into it. And they they cross this river and God says, I want you to each take a stone with you and set up this this monument, this stone tower kind of with you and and, and, and then make a, a stone monument tower that your kids will ask you about. Chapter 4, verse 6. 
this may be a sign among you, when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So what I want you to see is there's some similarities here, right? In these three significant times. They've just been freed from slavery. They're about to enter the promised land. They're now entering the promised land. And each time God says, when you do this significant thing, the laws, this, this monument of stones that are set up. Um, and when your, your child asks you, what's the meaning of these things? I want you to say these things. I want you to teach them in this way. And God is mentioned each time. Salvation is mentioned each time. And there's this kind of history of the Old Testament that is going on. So all of this is a setup now for application. Okay, our kids are being cultured, being like our culture. They're being converted by our culture. God back then gave his people this plan of what to do, how to teach them. But what does this actually look like for us today? So what I did is I wanted to take all of these three passages and look for what are the similarities? What's the application for us today to say as, as parents, as a church, how do we counteract this? How do we be proactive as parents? And so what I believe this says, I believe the Bible says, what God teaches is that we are to be proactive as parents to disciple our kids. Proactive parents disciple their kids. Now, number one. If you are not a parent or your, your kids are not here with you, they're maybe grown or you're a grandparent, um, I'd like you actually to, to stand up, okay? So if you um, do not have kids that are under 19, just here with you today, I want you guys to stand up, Okay. So just stay standing for a second, because our first point is that for everybody, parents know that the entire church is also responsible for this. This is not just parents, but one of the things that I love that we do is we have our kids with us in worship. And so my kids not only watch me, but they watch you guys too. So my daughter, Phoebe, who is up here, um, she watches what you guys do during worship. And those of you guys who are sitting down, uh, those people are your prayer warriors. Ask them to pray for you guys. You guys, you can sit down. Now, let me show you where this is in Scripture. In Deuteronomy 6, he says, Hear, O Israel. He's talking to everybody. And then he gets very specific and talks to the kids. But even in each one of these passages, it talks about when your son asks you, when your children ask you, when your son asks you, when your children ask you in Joshua 4, it's talking about all of our kids and children in some sense, that we are all to take um, priority in doing this, take responsibility for teaching our kids. It takes an entire church to do this. Number two, how do you disciple your kids in this kind of culture? It is to love God wholeheartedly. 
Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 and 6 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. One of the most important things you can do as a, a parent, as a mentor, as an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent with our kids, our next generation, is for you first to love God. Not just in a, uh, okay, I'm going to make sure I go to church on Sunday, make sure I read my Bible, make sure I pray, but a loving relationship with Jesus. This is more than just a, I like you, God, but I love you with my heart, my soul, my might. These words, these commandments, the Bible itself, it is on your heart. Be in love with God. If your relationship with God is not that, then seek that in your life. Because if you are in love with God, if you are just passionately pursuing Him, your kids will see that. My kids will see that. Number three about how to do this is create Christian traditions in your home. It's so interesting to me that each one of these passages we looked at <clears throat> came from something. They were doing some sort of service, the Passover they were doing some sort of uh, teaching of the law, setting up these stones. And so there's something they're doing that's spiritual, that is pointing to God, that the kids then ask about. And it's really easy in our homes to just kind of create other traditions, right? We always watch football on Sundays, or we always go do this certain thing on this holiday, but to make things about Jesus in your home. And maybe, maybe that's even just this, that the Sunday worship experience. Um, my, my family has been caught in this and the kind of over busy, lots of activities, sports going on. And so we have to try and find this kind of balance or meaning in our life of what does it mean to create this tradition of Sunday morning, even as a pastor's family for our kids. Or maybe it's, you know, holidays that you celebrate as a family to say, this is about Jesus, actually. You know, it's not just about the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus, but it is about Christ in our home. Or maybe it's you know, certain items, as this passage in Joshua talks about these stones they would put up and the kids would ask them about these things. Maybe it's a cross you have. Maybe it's something from your parents or grandparents that you can point to in your home and say, uh, this is from so-and-so. This is a Bible from them or a picture from them. And then fourth, carve out times to teach. Each one of these things talks about the child asking for the meaning. What do you mean by this? What does this Passover thing mean? What, what do these stones mean? And so... Each time it gives them this teaching, you are to say to them, you shall say to your son this teaching. It's, it's kind of known as a, a catechism, this question-answer type thing. And then even in Deuteronomy 6, where it talks about this specifically, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit at home. 
bind them as a sign in your hand. You'll write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We as parents, as households, are to carve out, find times to teach our kids to bring Jesus into our homes. Now, I would love it if even my family or any of us, you know, had a time each week, maybe even each day, where we just set aside 15 minutes for an hour just to, you know, we call it our home family worship. We, we take time to sing some worship songs, we read the Bible, sometimes we act it out, and we pray together. Maybe for you that's in the car, maybe that's you know, before bedtime, but finding times to carve out times to teach. And, and maybe you need good resources for that. We have tons of good resources and books and things to share with you as parents. But this is kind of the ending where I wanted to get to for us today. Is there's these things that God teaches us and talks to us about. The journey has been from slavery to wandering the desert to the promised land. And as Joshua thinks about all of this stuff and the promised land and all these offering to this new people, he, he ends with this whole thing about he and his household. And we use it often, kind of put it on plaques and that kind of thing, but the whole two verses is really important. He says to all the people, now, therefore you... Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if it seems evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Notice all these options he gives them. You know, when you go into this new land, you can serve the old Egyptian stuff that you were a part of, those gods. You can serve the land that we just went through, all the, the, the Amorites, the people that we were living in there. You can serve their gods. Or this new land we're going into, there's all kinds of stuff there. There's, there's cultural options for you and your children. But Joshua says to them and to us, he says, but for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so this is the option for you now. This is the call for all of us now here at Lighthouse to say it's not the culture now or two years ago or 10 years ago or 10 years from now that's going to shape our kids, but we will be the ones to shape our kids and to teach them about Jesus. And so to that end, will you pray with me now? Father, we want to lift up our kids, our families, our moms, our dads, our grandparents here as we think about um, the the tough stuff they have been through these last couple of years and months. Uh, God, we, we want to pray for our kids, that they'd be resilient and that they would know who Jesus is and can trust in him in the midst of all that. And Lord, I pray for our parents. I pray for our parents and grandparents here and all those people, those spiritual mentors in our lives, that you would be a help to them. Lord, forgive them where they have faltered. Give them grace and confidence for when they, they don't trust in themselves and don't uh, or know they have messed up or, or feel like a failure. But 
Father, help them to trust in you even now. God, we just, we give you our kids, our, our next generation of kids, and say thank you for all the joys they are in our life. And pray for them to know Jesus and to sing these great songs of joy to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.